The following podcast is an audio version of a live show that takes place daily on Crowdcast. To join our live audience, visit our Crowdcast website at crowdcast.io slash in lieu of fun. That's crowdcast.io slash in lieu of fun. <laughs> Click! And we're live. That it is, uh, what is it? It's, um, Monday. Um, uh, uh, August, um, 16th. 2021, 5.01 p.m. The Taliban have taken over Afghanistan. I cannot bear to think about it. I refuse uh, to have a show yet to discuss it. There'll be plenty of time in the future uh, to uh, 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 pull our hair out about this and um, uh, uh, rent our clothes. Um, I'm not doing that today because uh, it's too fresh. It feels like, uh, you know, the way I was expecting to feel if Trump won re-election. Um, and I just don't want to deal with it today. Um, and uh, so we are not allowed to have fun anymore. And if you're Afghan, you're really not allowed to have fun anymore. And if you're female and Afghan, you are really, really not allowed to have fun anymore uh, or even maybe to go outside anymore. Um, so we're going to just let this sit for a while um, until at least I am going to let it sit until I have something coherent to say about it other than gagging noises. Um, um, in the meantime, we have uh, Virginia Heffernan, who has agreed to come on the show and avoid the subject of the Taliban, because all over Afghanistan, there are people who are actually physically having to avoid the Taliban. So we are now just going to emotionally avoid the Taliban. And, um, uh, and we're going to talk about uh, other things. We don't know what yet, but we're, uh, we're going to maybe county fairs. Virginia, welcome back to In Lieu of Fun. Thank you. I love this show. And I'm happy to understudy whoever I was understudying. Does um, anyone think that Ben, like saying, like, we're not going to mention the Taliban, anything but mentioning the Taliban is like doing that test of like, of like being like, I dare you not to think of bananas. Don't oh, think so of bananas. Whatever you do, you don't think of bananas. And I'm just like, well, Ben, now you've said it like 15 times. I was like, I thought we were just going to open it and maybe not say it at all no 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 if i'm gonna avoid a subject i'm just telling you i'm avoiding it i i look i mean we could talk about tal the taliban today we could talk about uh uh um uh the incredible disgrace that uh 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 joe biden uh engaged in and we could talk about the the lack of standing of republicans to criticize this given that they were uh interested in perpetrating exactly the same disgrace and actually wanted to do it even faster. I mean, we could talk about all of that, but I just feel like we'll have lots of time to talk about it. And so I'd rather hear about how Virginia is spending the summer uh, going to county fairs. Um, okay, I will say that 
I mean, we probably on this show, but certainly elsewhere on places like Twitter, we've engaged in a lot of attacks on the New York Times and other people for going to diners to find out how fans of the former president are doing. I really think county fairs and low-end amusement parks, not Disney, not Hershey Park, but like uh, Knoebel and Funnel Cakes, exactly, Knoebel's in, uh, in central Pennsylvania, are where you really see an extraordinary cross-section of some people veiled, which gives us a moment, hijabis, that gives us a moment of solidarity with our brothers and sisters, especially sisters in Afghanistan. Um, and also, uh, also uh, all kinds of Orthodox Jews and um, mixed race people and um, people in uh, all kinds of garb. I didn't everyone see- Everyone loves a good fair. Everyone loves a good fair. And it's like the universal solvent for, for a certain kind of like glee and camaraderie and not expensive. And you find yourself anyway, we, nobody talked about politics, although there weren't a lot of masks. I don't know if not wearing a mask is maybe like the new red cap, but I was happy that we don't have too many sharks and jets, you know, indications of who we are on our, at least not along that binary thing. There are people in gun shirts with guns. Do you want to hear a tragic county fair store from story no, from my childhood? No, no, how <laughs> tragic! No. Not super tragic, but you know, there's a, 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 a but upsetting. No. Okay. okay, then I won't tell it. Virginia, <laughs> <laughs> it's not fair, right? Um, Wait, no, we're we're not allowed to say no because we always say yes because this entire show is improv. So. Ben, go ahead and tell your, go ahead and tell you, you can't dangle it. We can't let you leave it Good, there. You're right. Try now to put to... it as upbeat as possible. All right. I'll, 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 there's only I'll, one for the mark. There's, there's, well, there is a villain in this story, but I don't remember. Uh, I, the last name was Leahy. That's all I remember, but not Patrick Leahy's family. Don't worry about it. Um, so my ancestral homestead on my mother's side and the little fun audience has met my mother my mother grew up in danbury connecticut a mile and a half uh, from the danbury fairgrounds the danbury fairgrounds uh, had become by the time i was a child the connecticut state fair and it was a uh i would say it was several dozen acres of fairground that was fenced off most of the year um, and uh, was used for actually annoyingly loud um, uh, stock car racing a lot of the year, which you could hear from uh, f like our, the house that my grandfather and grandmother lived in. Um, but once a year, uh, it was the most splendid thing in the world. It was the Danbury Fair, which was all funnel cakes and funhouse mirrors. And when I was a small child, the Danbury Fair um, was about my favorite thing in the world. Yeah. And, um, you know, in that way that children love fairs and cotton candy and, you know, rides that make you throw up and that sort of thing. Um <laughs> And uh, it was, I think I've told the story before, of uh, the carny who made my mother break out laughing by saying the prize at his uh, game was a real shark's tooth from a simulated shark, which was how I learned 
the word simulated as well as the verb to simulate all, all took place at the Danbury Fair. Who needs Roland Bart and, you know, Foucault when you get to hear the word simulated from an actual carny? From an actual carny. The carnival <laughs> is really brought to life. By so Bart. all of that was um, a lovely thing to grow up with until old man Leahy, who owned, I believe the name was Leahy, who owned the Danbury Fair, died and uh, left in his will the fairgrounds to his children, none of whom were into running the Danbury Fair. And so they sold the land of the Danbury Fair to a mall developer Mm. who built uh, what was at the time, anyway, the largest mall in Connecticut, and named it to add insult to injury, the Danbury Fair Mall, which name it still carries to this day. And so when you get off um, Route 684 at Danbury and you see, you turn off the highway on exit three and there is the Danbury Fair Mall. And for those of you who are in New England and live near Danbury, Connecticut, mm-hmm. drive by there and see that mall. Some of you have probably shopped there. That is actually the old fairgrounds of the Connecticut State Fair. And I um, hate that place with the fire of a thousand burning suns. Um, and I will never forgive it. Um, it that has is- very Mr. Potter's vibes from It's a Wonderful Life. Yes, it does. It's true. You know, okay, because we ha- there has to be some controversy. And yes, the Leahy, the second generation spendthrifts in the Leahy family are controversial. But um, did, has any of you visited the Western Wall in the non-controversial city of Jerusalem? Because there's this place when you see the, when you go on one of the tours of it, where they've made a model of the Muslim quarter and then they push it aside and show you the temple underneath. And it's right. So it's like, it, it was, sorry. Yeah. Show you the temple underneath. And I feel like this happens all the time in discussions, which is just like, what about if New York city was gone? Here's these burial grounds. And we should, and that's what the Danbury fair mall. I mean, I'm, I just think that mall is an abomination in the sight of God. And, uh, you know, we were talking about how casually things get imploded in Las Vegas to make room for other things. I think the Danbury Fair Mall needs a controlled detonation. We should level the whole area and just build back better the Danbury Fair. The good Biden. I want to, okay, so I have a positive spin to take from fairs. Your fair excluded that became a mall. But malls have are their own cultural touchstones. So I was think. hoping you'd say this. So I actually think that this is fascinating. I think that this is fascinating. There is mall, like, there is something about fairs that, like, completely transcends time and generations. Yep. Like, there is this way of going to a fair that you can watch like a 1920s musical and it's like more or less the same as going to a fair in like 2020 and not only that but there's like and i just watched mall rats the other day so maybe this is but like mall rats built the the entire movie is based around the fact that we all understand what it's like to be in a mall 
Like that's ah. like the entire thing. Yeah, that's yeah, like yeah, the entire yeah. idea. That's like all the jokes are about that, the right? That you understand it. these these archetypal characters right. and that you understand these like kind of power arrangements. But like one of the things that I, I just hung out, I just spent like a, a week hanging out with kids and they're homeschooled. There was a 15 year old, a 13 year old and like a, and um, a seven year old. And they know like quackadilioma. Do you know Quackadilioma? Oh, or yeah. like, or like yeah. Miss Susie, Miss Susie had a steamboat. Yeah. 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 And I'm like, how do you learn that? Like I learned that in a bus. Yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. where you learn everything, right? Yeah. But like when, like, how do you learn that? Well, they they learned it when they went to like summer camp or there whatever. Was like, there was and there's like, yeah. but it's so fascinating to me that like, okay, so there's malls and there's fairs. Those are places that you go to that hold all of these kind of cultural touchstones and everyone can relate to them. But then there's also ones that kind of are more, uh, I don't know, like, um, I don't know that there's kind of like these little things that travel through time that are unlike unmoored from like a property or a, a place. Yes. They, you know, and I just think that that's kind of amazing. Yeah. There was this time when um, I went to buy tickets. So Knobles is, and I saw it, see there's some fans in the comments. Knobles is the oldest free admission amusement park in the country. Uh, it's not a fair. So it's like up all around. And um, we. Where is it? It's in um, Ellisburg, Ellisburg, L-E-L-Y-S-B-U-R-G. Um, and what we had wanted was to go to the Bloomberg County Fair, which is the biggest, I think it's the biggest fair uh, east of the Mississippi. So there might be one in Iowa. So this, this is like as far as the eye could see, but it's not till September. In any case, Ellisburg the, at Knoble that we went to buy tickets and uh, packs of tickets. And some of them are 25 cents, but they just look exactly like they did. You know, you buy tickets at a fair. You don't get a card, you know, you don't get like a hotel admissions card, you get tickets. So we went up to buy the tickets and um, I realized that I didn't have any cash. And I just reflexively said, do you take Apple Pay? And it was like, I was in a different, it was a multiverse issue where like the other universe was right next to this universe where people had phones and paid with Apple Pay. And this was a place where Apple Pay actually was three phonemes that made no sense to the person. I, I love that to. so much. And not only that, but I, I would be angry if the answer had been yes. Oh my God. I mean, and the person did definitely did not know what it was and would rather give them to me than hear me talk about Apple Pay or gesture at it. Um, and so that was like, yeah, and that's when I slipped into the, um, like, slipstream of that. Now, do you think this person knew the word simulated? I don't know, but I have one more thing to say about carnies. And I don't want to, like, overtax the subject, except that I can't tell you the number of county fairs I've just been to. So I... Yeah, so wait, before you go on about carnies, how many county fairs have you been to this summer? You just said you can't... T it's been five. Five. Five, okay. That's good. That's a good round number. You count Cobalt. Yeah. yeah. So, and it's just been also like, you know, as, um, as you all are saying, like there, the, there's like a diet at those places that you just think it's normal to have like really fried food and stand in line for it and maybe a hot dog for health food. 
And it's so when, delicious. Yeah. When my, well, it kind of is when my mom was running when I was in third grade, I thought what she was running for like state Supreme court in New York. And so we went to like, I think I marched in like 76 parades that summer. Oh. And we went to all of like, we went to every single tiny, tiny fair and like festival that like ever existed. And I will tell you that like, I have never quite recovered from enjoying parade food. Like we once yeah. ate a, like, Never tell child services this, but my brother and I once ate like, my mom used to throw Tootsie Rolls. We once ate just Tootsie Rolls for dinner one night. There was just like, we're just like sitting in the back of a van, like chomping on Tootsie Rolls. That's it. It's one of the key food groups. Um, <laughs> it fills you up. So I, I feel trying. It's relevant to this and politics and will make a nice way. I think back to everyone talking about, you know, serious stuff. So um, in my old podcast, Trumpcast, for the old former president, um, I sometimes referred to Steve Bannon and, and, and Roger um, Stone and, some, and Anthony Scaramucci as carnies, just the people around, whatever, everyone did it. So um, I was thinking like carnies, God, they're so awful. Carnivalesque is so awful. So at one of the county fairs, Ulster County Fair, I was like, oh, real carnies, you know, how can anyone ever buy these people? They're so ridiculous. They're like game show. Anyway, I came up, he had very few teeth. We were going to play a couple of darts games. And uh, he looked at my 11 year old daughter and said, is your sister going to spring about me? Is your sister going to spring to buy you, you know, a special set of arrows? And suddenly I was like, oh my God, it works. I'm voting for Trump. He says, if he, if someone mistakes you for your 11 year old daughter's sister, I will buy a lot of little darts from him and I will vote for whoever he's voting for. That's all it took. That was Steve Brannon's younger brother, actually. <laughs> um, brother. And like the more I looked at him, the hotter he got. It was sort of like, yeah. sister, oh God, no, I'm her mother. That's so crazy. He made that mistake. And he, he actually did the thing of, no. I can't believe it. <laughs> awesome. So, Genevieve, did you grow up going to county fairs and marching in parades? Um, not so many parades, but definitely, like, we'd go to, like, county fairs and stuff like that. Um, I don't remember a ton of their names, though, because it was very sporadic. But I just remembered the food. I was always like i wanted to go on everything that would make you dizzy as possible yes. i love roller coasters i love anything that will make normal people nauseous and then all i wanted to do was eat everything fried yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's like sort of this shared indulgence that doesn't go too far i mean there's not like it's not there weren't actually wasn't a lot of drinking you know i think no probably vomiting reasons they keep the drink the beer selling to a minimum uh case I have, like i've never thought of that that's right? actually like a really great point. Like, I don't remember them being like, there was never anything about them being like kind of drunken. They were very, they were very kid friendly and they were very sober. Yeah. Like, the, the only one I've ever remembered a beer hall at was the Big E. And that was, there was like a beer very hall when specific. The firefighters would have like a festival or something and they'd attach it to like the, the county fair and they'd have like their own keg, like mm -hmm. in the thing. But that was like a whole different thing. It was I still have to separate. go. But I will, I love you guys. I love this conversation. I'll see you later. Bye, Kate. All right. All right. So more, uh, another county fair question. Okay. Um, is the roasted turkey drumstick. Love. Is that a universal county fair thing 
or is it a northeast U.S. thing? Um, that was definitely in, I mean, we should really only just talk about the northeast corridor because when I looked at Biden's infrastructure plan, it's just about the northeast corridor on trains. It's all for that. But well, yeah. having having just taken a train from D.C. to Chicago um, uh, last night, um, I am all for all spending on trains. Yeah, I totally am. I wish he had a high speed rail. But I, that's me. That means I want to include Pennsylvania in like not just New England in the turkey leg. But what about you, Genevieve? I'm much better equipped to answer this in regards to Disneyland. I, that's the only place in the South that I think I've ever had one. Oh, but also medieval times. Oh, Fine. yes. I actually right. really like that bean thing that they serve, the lentil or whatever it is. I don't know why. I just always loved it. The opening soup. The medieval times is another great experience. Like we have basically at the fair, we have monoculture and it's just monoculture's back and everyone has tattoos and everyone knows just how to stand in line and eat a turkey leg, you know? All right. So now oh, that's... By the so, way, oh, um, temporary tattoos. Yeah, this is an airbrush tattoo and it's a lion. It's not very ferocious, but it was for my birthday, which was the day we went to that fair. So you think that... that, that uh, county fairs are a monoculture like if like the iowa state fair is basically the same culture as you know pennsylvania pennsylvania and i mean all i know is there was a lot of spanish being spoken there and i don't i'm not sure where the hijabis find their way to pencil to make a hajj to central pennsylvania but they somehow do so i possibly it's the same in iowa but i guess not just the sort of heterogeneity of the crowd but the grammar of the experience that kate was talking about you know the kind of like here we eat fried food you know like you could get away with not eating trafe or pork at this thing very easily like there's almost no diet except for a sort of liberal elite diet that you couldn't observe there um and uh and that was pretty cool and there was like a coconut you know some spanish-speaking people with a coconut that you could just jab a straw into that everyone decides is like, of course, you're going to have an $8 coconut that you could jab a straw into. I never have them any other time. But at county <laughs> fairs, they're like the thing I've been waiting my whole life for. I wonder how many other cultural experiences we have that elicit the same kind of buy-in, especially since like when we think about our country and like the sense of community that we've been trying to engender. What else is there besides a county fair? Well, that's what I started thinking over the summer because I've been thinking it, you know, for the last the last five years, like everyone else, I've been thinking, you know, even the, the Country Music Awards when they uh, boycotted Trump. And then I looked at a map of what television shows people watched in 2016, thinking like, well, everyone's got to watch, uh, you know, there has to be something we agree on. And it was, aside from the news networks, it was just Duck Dynasty, like culturally underserved red states culturally underserved. You heard that David Brooks style expression here. Um, oh, okay, but but so this is really interesting because I, um, I think there's something about um, the, the county fair that is essentially a sanitized, apolitical form of red state America 
that um, uh, that is kosher for you know for urban and suburban peoples to go to and enjoy. Your thoughts? No, I think that. I mean, you're you're not supposed to watch Duck Dynasty or be into that, but you can go to five county fairs a year uh, and feel like you're you're you know in touch with you know in touch with the zeitgeist i i mean i guess so except that it's too much fun for that i mean it's not as though you know it isn't like they called it at the times like a redneck safari because first of all like the diversity of people there and and also the polyglot factor which i was really surprised at i mean would you guys have guessed genevieve that central pennsylvania you would hear that you would hear arabic you'd hear yiddish you'd hear uh spanish um, I have, ha having been to Hershey Park, yeah, where which actually has kosher food yeah. and has a big Muslim, uh, uh, yeah. uh, you know, if it is in driving distance of of Philly, Harrisburg, um, you're gonna get uh, you're gonna get a lot of religious diversity. That's Right. So that maybe that is the maybe that's what a red state. Well, Pennsylvania is a perfect example, right? Because Pennsylvania went for Biden for what it's worth, but is is like just always right there kind of. Well, not no, not quite always. We thought that it was going red and it's it's not. Um, but it, but I'm not even sure that these people vote like I was there with a friend of mine that works for Jewish philanthropies and doesn't spend a lot of time at county fairs. She's the mother of a friend of um, uh, you know, very urban person, very rootless cosmopolitan. And she just said, like, what the hell? Like, who are these people? Um, and that, yeah. So I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. We well, thought maybe they didn't vote. Maybe these are people that live in culture that are just like, I just want to go hear some, you know, I want to go hear some Bruce Springsteen or some whatever it is and um, eat a turkey leg. I do find it interesting, though, because I think Pennsylvania has a similar dynamic to New York, where you do have like the this the lower part by Manhattan and Long Island and like a little bit around there. And then you have like the further upstate is also differentiated in terms of community. Um, but I thought something Kate said earlier was really interesting about how it's an extremely kid friendly activity. Yeah. And when you think about it. What are we trying to emulate for children? We're trying to emulate our best behavior, our most communal behavior. Yeah. So maybe that's the key. Yeah, yeah, there definitely wasn't like, and, and and the fact that it's cheap, things are just better when they're cheap, not just because you don't spend money, but because you're not around assholes. That's why the mall is worse, or that's why I feel squeezed at Hershey Park. Just like every single like little drop of time there. The most expensive kisses. <laughs> the hotel, the thing, the, you know, chocolate pancakes or whatever. I think there's another element of the county fair, though, that uh, gives us is culturally interesting. And by the way, I just want everybody to know uh, neither Genevieve nor I, and I suspect not Virginia, had any idea we were going to be talking about county fairs uh, when we uh, started this show. All we agreed with Virginia was that we were going to avoid the subject of the Taliban. So we are not talking about the Taliban. Um, I think one of the reasons that the county fair is 
weirdly politically neutral ground, despite yeah. being culturally not neutral ground, politic, um, is that it is part of this long running myth that we have for urban people that they are not as urban as they think they are. And so, you know, you go to one of these fairs and there's all these agricultural prizes um, and you go there as an urban person and like you have no point of contact with the like the hog raising competition but you've read charlotte's web as a as a child you know and you've and and you have this idyllic sense of of that these things exist and it allows you to participate in it and so you feel very affectionate toward it um which is um not the way people feel necessarily about Duck's Dynasty. I am also amazed at this tier that's between the, you know, that place on Martha's Vineyard, Black Dog, whatever shop, you know, people wear those t-shirts and they're like beyond classy, you know, like they're like a world beyond Prada is like, you know, a t or like that cap from Dan, whatever the fishing tackle place in Montana. I think there was just a show down there. Anyway. Um, to show you that they are like in the American grain and they love these places. Um, the And then they're like, you know, global luxury brands or, you know, the idea that at Disney World, some of the hotels were designed by great architects or whatever. But this middle thing that is so weird in the country fairs, where they're brands that you see nowhere else. I don't know who makes them. They're not handmade, perfect, bespoke things, but nor are they Mickey Mouse. And there are no licensed characters. They're just like strange things that someone painted on something. There's so much inefficiency in how the whole thing is run. The people are always like giving away another set of darts <laughs> to someone like me who looks like her daughter. Naturally, I get a lot of attention <laughs> for that. But um, but I mean, there, it just seems like, and they were playing a game actually that I'd never seen called Coverall. Please tell me if anyone knows what it is. No, right. please tell me. Everybody swarmed to play this. It's like in an air, airplane hangar and they, you pay 50 cents and you try to, uh, you try to cover a board with these little balls and everyone is sitting all around like at bingo, except more. It's packed. They've paid 50 cents and the first person to win wins a Cuisinart. Like, oh, wow. Gift. I know. It turns out chopping vegetables is something we all need to do. So anyway, universal solvent of American, the American identity. I don't know. I felt happy about it. All right. Tony Kava has promised us a story of being at the Alameda State Fair when a race riot broke out. I cannot uh, possibly pass this up. You dangled it, dude. You own it. What happened? Bring it. So you, want, you want to hear that one rather than about the Disneyland jail? Because that's a good story. Too. I think we got both. But um, we're, we're totally going for both. But first, race riot at the Alameda State Fair. Dude, the floor is yours. This was in the mid-90s. I had never been to a... Uh, it was a county fair, actually. And I'd never been to one before. So... Some friends were like, hey, let's go to the Alameda County Fair. It's so much fun. So if you look at a map of the Bay Area, Alameda starts like at the west at Alameda Island, which at the time 
was basically everyone was like uh, Navy officers lived there. And it was like, if you went there, it was like going back in time to the 1950s back there. Very white place. And then you went, you had West Oakland, which was very urban, as they say, you know, a black poor neighborhood. And then it goes through Oakland and then up to the Oakland Hills, which is very wealthy. And then over, I guess that's the Livermore Hills down to Livermore, which is very rural. And it was very much a farming community. So that was all in the span of this one long narrow county. So you go to the county fair and it's kind of like the first time it's kind of like one of these things is not like the other. It's like the first time that these white people are in contact with these black kids. And of course it's hot and it's summer. So there's young kids there, there's young teenagers. They're just there to have a good time. And then we're all just walking around. And then all of a sudden you just got this vibe uh, in the crowd. It just got really edgy. And then all of a sudden you see this police, these policemen, I mean, I never figured out what the deal was. You just see these policemen like hopping over barricades and chasing, running. And then you just see these black kids, just these teenagers. I don't think they were doing anything at all. They were just being teenagers. They start running. And then when everyone sees that, it's like this panic. And like there's a stampede. And uh, we were, luckily enough, we were up against a building. And we just kind of sucked up against the building while everyone ran by us. And I never did figure out what the deal was. All I know, it was like white cops chasing black teens through like the cow display for the Livermore you know, Farmers Association. So that's that story. It might not have been wow, but good. Wow, but that's, yeah. um, it's kind of upsetting in a, in a, uh, yes. I, I mean, I'd have felt better about it if it was like, you know, like if, if you couldn't, yeah, if you couldn't, yeah. if you, if you couldn't too easily, uh, imprint upon it uh, lots of stuff that is unpleasant, but it actually sounds like it probably uh, wasn't. Yeah, yeah, it, you know, it was a county fair, and there was kids there. They might have been turnstile jumping or something like that, which is what kids do at a county fair. And just the police just decided to react in this very I guess aggressive not, way. As as you said, I'm not surprised that they were, you know, turnstile jumping or being adolescents. But I am actually surprised that cops were present. One of the things oh, yeah. that I feel like with fairs is that they are a little bit uninsurable, and yeah. like nobody with like could who could have blood on their hands and will have to pay for it wants to be anywhere near it. So like yeah, there you were. Would think yeah. Right? You would think that anybody, the last people you don't want to mess with is carnies, right? So you would right. think that just that would yeah. maintain order. But the police, it was kind of like one of these things where they just kind of came out of the woodwork. Like you didn't see police there until you saw police there. And then there was this crazy presence of the police. So I only really remember seeing story. them around the periphery to deal with the parking. That's the only like yeah. time in my memory that I have seen like officer presence. Exactly. Does it, does it feel like they were real cops, Genevieve, or did, like, or maybe just kind of not really, like traffic. more traffic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, you have another story about um, <laughs> about uh, County Fair Jail. The, it's actually the Disneyland Jail in Anaheim, and uh, this is embarrassing. But what the hell? I've embarrassed myself 
numerous times on this show, debased myself. So why not one more time? Um, uh, you know, we were like 16 or 17 and my mom was like, oh, hey, well, let's go to Disneyland. We'll take you to Disneyland. And and I was like, well, how about if my friends can come? And my brother was my younger brother. I have two brothers. One brother's a year and a half younger. One's five years younger. So one brother was 10. The other was 16. I was 17. Let's go to Disneyland. Well, cool, mom. We'll follow you in the car. So we all hop in my friend's car and we follow my mom there. My mom and my 10-year-old brother. And then the four of us, my friend, my brother's friend. And of course, us being 17 years old, we brought a pot along with us and marijuana. And we go there like first thing in the morning and we park in the Disneyland parking lot. We're super stupid. We start smoking pot. And of course, Disneyland just has the part surveilled like up the Yazoo even back then. And before you know it, there's like this, this undercover policeman knocking at the door and my friend's refusing to roll down the door and he's like what do you have there and he's like i got pot what are you going to do about it and he's like out of the car you know and we're so done we come dumb we comply and we get out of the car and he like takes us and he marches us off to the back of the and my mom and my younger brother had gone into the park on their own call me up at five o'clock and we'll meet is what she said okay so anyway we get marshaled over to the disneyland police uh jail which is out in the kind of the back of house at Disneyland. There's a spine that runs in the middle of it. It's all back of house. And we're back there in this holding cell. And it's like, at first it's just us. And this is okay. We're like, hey. And what how, what right do they have to hold you? Uh, well, we're teenagers. We weren't smart enough to just get in the car and drive away. I'm sorry. What right do they have to arrest a teenager? It's Disneyland and they own Anaheim. They can do whatever the whatever they please. I, I just want to observe that it is not obvious to me <laughs> that being Disneyland conveys police power to you. Um, we're we're going to have to bracket that one for uh, for further research and discussion. Disneyland as its own country quite thoroughly. Exactly, exactly. So anyway, so we sit there. It's it's just the four of us. We can take this. We're tough. Yeah, we can. Well, as the day progresses, they're arresting people in the park. And they're dropping them off in the in the in the cell with us in the holding cell, and these people get progressively worse as the day progresses. They're progressively drunker, they're progressively stoneder. So by the time we're done, it was like being at the county jail or something <laughs> like that. And it's like we're all like, oh, oh my god, you know, I, I'm you know, I'm gonna go sell smokes or something like that. So <laughs> so then at like five o'clock, I was supposed to call my mom and the police come in, call your mom. And then I get escorted to my mother across the park and then have to explain to her, like, we're all being held in this whole cell and you have to come bail us out. And long story short, we had to sign a thing that said we would never come back to the park. And, and have you ever been back to the park? I have not been back to the park. I think, I think you should go back now just so that you can come on in lieu of fun and tell the story of how you violated your agreement with the Walt Disney Corporation. That would be brilliant. What I'm afraid of with that is that they will, it's kind of like crossing the border in Canada after they've caught you with pot. They, you could try to do that in 15 years and they'll look you up and they know right away. The Disneyland Corporation. You can get in. I have confidence in you, Tony Kava. All right. 
Ducks with Pants has left an incredibly tantalizing uh, uh, question, uh, which is, want to see a duck? And I just want to say, yes, we want to see a duck. Well, yes, obviously it's a play on uh, Joe Penner's old line, wanting to buy a duck, but this duck is definitely not for sale. I, I figured since we were distracting ourselves, I would take the opportunity to show off my birthday present. Um, that I got yesterday, I love uh, it. appropriately uh, reminding you of the time, of course. Um, does it have pants? No, apparently not. Uh, but they are difficult to come by. My, my dad also got me this, the engineer duck. And, um, and uh, my niece, Faith, uh, made this for me. Um, so uh, that's beautiful. What's that made but, of? Uh, I presume it's clay. It looks Play. Anyways, this was all part of a fest, not a fair. It's a fest with a PH. I should probably trademark that since that's my deal. Um, had the uh, fifth mostly annual EG Fest yesterday where I invite other singer-songwriters to come perform my songs for me on the occasion of my birthday so I can be serenaded with my own creations. <laughs> and uh, that went off uh, spectacularly. I had eight different singer-songwriters come out, uh, do nine songs in total. And awesome. um, Also, so, happy belated birthday. Yeah. yeah, so it's much more belated than that because I put off the show till Sunday because it's a better day to try and get people out, even in, in the pandemic and in San Francisco under cloudy skies. But yes, I got this. And I didn't get a chance to show it off at the show because I was too busy with hosting duties to open presents. So now, now I get to everybody in lieu of fun gets to see it at least. Well, that is excellent. And, uh, uh, and quack, quack, quack with pants to you. <laughs> Thank you. Excellent. Frank Valadez, um, you also have a tantalizing, uh, uh, thing in the Q and a what's on your mind. Well, at the beginning of the show, what was on my mind? Well, I wanted to say, Ben, I'm sorry about, uh, you know, uh, you know the Taliban's been driving me crazy. I've seen it on your Twitter feed, and, and, and it's bad for everybody. But I, I, I feel as though you're feeling this in some way beyond what other people uh, maybe are of knowledge. And, and so just thinking about you a little bit. Uh, but then when the show started, I was curious about the difference between a state fair and a county fair to totally change the subject. And is like a state fair just like a better fair? From the county fair, do they advance from the county fairs to the state fairs, like the hogs or things? How does that work if that's part of Virginia's um, uh, research or activities? And and then just want to throw something else in. Um, uh, ben, if you want cocktail suggestions while you're in Chicago to draw down your sorrows, or if you're in Chicago, I'm not in Chicago. You moved on. I, right. I said I took a train from D.C. to Chicago, but I was in Chicago for about. 90 minutes. All right. So, so um, uh, I won't I drop them in the chat chat, and we can go to <laughs> the question. I am going to let Virginia handle the county fair versus state fair question. I just want to say, do not feel bad for me about Afghanistan. I want to tell you who to feel bad for uh, in Afghanistan. Um, I got an email this morning from a person who will remain anonymous, uh, who is a advisor, informal pro bono advisor, to an organization in Afghanistan that um, 
takes girls uh, uh, on, I, I want to be very vague about this um, because I don't want to draw attention uh, to any, in any way that could identify people. Uh, I would say gives girls in Afghanistan experiences that uh, uh, of, a, of, of a sporting nature that are routine in the rest of the world um, and extraordinary for them. Um, and this person is trying to figure out whether he needs to shut down the organization now. Um, uh, and um, is completely devastated by it. And also the girls in question don't want to shut down the organization. Um, uh, these are the people that you need to feel bad for. Um, and and if I told you what the, this is not like, you know, like Bacchanalian activity. This is uh, what you would think of as, you know, routine, uh, routine, good, wholesome activity for boys and girls of a type that's been going on and for more than a hundred years in the United States. Um, uh, and there are big organizations devoted to it. Um, and, you know, all these organizations are going to shut, be shut down. Their leaders are going to get uh, uh, arrested, killed, if they're not lucky enough to get to the airport and escape. Um, and all of this was avoidable. Uh, and yeah, so I've had a bunch of emails from people who, uh, you know, who are trying to help other people get out and, you know, doing what we can, which is to say nothing at all to help people. But it is not me that people, you know, like I'm upset by it, but that's the limit of its impact on me. These are a lot of people are going to die and they're going to die um, because of uh, in part because of bad policy choices. Um, uh, and while that happens, a lot of people in this country are going to be uh, uh, assessing and shifting political blame for it. So I heard Mike Pompeo on uh, one of the Sunday talk shows yesterday pretending that it wasn't the Trump administration that struck this deal, pretending that it wasn't the Trump administration that promised to be to have already done this by May. Um, you know, um, uh, Joe Biden just gave a speech in which he says he stands by this decision completely. Uh, I'm glad he's taking responsibility for it. That's all I can say. Um, I. I would not want my name associated with the outcome of this. Um, Elizabeth Dragu, the floor is yours on presumably happy subjects like county fairs. Yes, yes. yes. I'm here to talk about the Elkhart County Fair um, because it is, for a while, it was the second largest fair in the country, and now it's either the second or third, and I'm not sure which. But I'm, but I'm curious, curious to know, know if Virginia has ever been there. I have not. Tell me about it. It's amazing. Gracie says hello. Um, 
it's, it's a, I mean, it's the only county fair I've ever been to, so I have nothing to compare it against. Yeah. But I've driven past, like I've been through other counties, and I see signs that say county fair this way, and I drive past, and it's like a block. And I'm like, that's not a county fair. That's just like, whatever. Um, I, I can tell you two stories about it. I know one year, I mean, we always have a free grandstand show like every night for a week. And one year they had booked Lady Antebellum and it was just before they got really big. Wow. And then they got famous in the interim and they tried to back out and the fair board said, oh no, you don't, <laughs> you are coming here. So they did. All right, that's pretty great. Yeah, I know, it was amazing. And the other story that I will tell you, and this happened later, when my kids were probably early middle school, late elementary, it was one of those years when it was just hotter than hell. And the last thing I wanted to do was to go to the fair and crawl through the heat and humidity that is Northern Indiana in July. And so I said to my girls, here's your choice. You can pick either one. We can go to the fair like usual. You can ride the little trains and we can get some food. Or I'll give you each 20 bucks to spend on whatever you want. And they were like, yeah, $20. They were all over that. And I got to stay at home in the air conditioning and they each got $20. And I was ahead financially by the time you figured everything out. And so I was good with that. That is excellent. Thank you, Elizabeth. Uh, Virginia, you have your assignment, your, your tourism assignment. Um, Oh, to go there, but also I want to talk about the difference between state and county fairs just because I don't know it all, unless it's somewhere in the Constitution. I bet it has to do the Electoral College. But I can say, drawing together some of our topics that I put in the Google, which is my, you know, tricky way of doing research while still on a Zoom call, I put in what is the difference between, and I want to say a state and county fair, right? Well, it turns out everyone today is not looking that up. They're looking up what is the difference between the Taliban and Al-Qaeda. So, so it said Taliban, you know, and then I, I tried to finish state and nope, I couldn't get anywhere. County, nope, FAI, nope, still Taliban. And then finally, R, and I still didn't get anywhere. No forum, no Reddit forum. So this is something that, you know, someone could really do a, a dissertation on the difference in there. You have the field to yourself. Isn't the difference, I'm, I just, I've just always assumed this from having gone to the Connecticut State Fair. I have always assumed that the State Fair is where the winners of the agricultural competitions at the county fairs duke it out. So like if you're, you know, Wilbur the pig and you won the fair uh, thing, then you get to go to the state fair before they slaughter you and eat you. 
Right, right. So, so it's, it's like, like regionals like, and states. It's like for sports. Okay. It's like for sports, but I don't know. I just made. I just. I was gonna say made that up just now, except I didn't make it up just now. I made it up probably when I was twelve. Um, but yeah, I've I've just sort of always assumed it. <laughs> I think Kellyanne Conway, by the way, won a beauty contest at some kind of. I don't know where she's from, but Long Island. But anyway, some kind of beauty contest thing. Um, wait, am I, Matt Clifford, you said I sound like I'm broadcasting over the PA at a county fair. Is there like echo or something? Or I'm yelling? No, you sound great. Okay. Um, I think we're, we're going to ignore, uh, I think that's just like a, someone's razzing you. Okay. Paula, the floor is yours. I'm not sure which question I'm supposed to be asking. Anyone you want. Oh, gosh. Um, as long as it's not about the Taliban. Yeah. Okay. So my question is, where do farmers markets and bougie fairs fit into all of this? Because I can't imagine like a farmers market in your very fancy downtown area being. The farmers you know, market is kind of the opposite of the state fair. <laughs> I mean, the the state fair is people going out to counties you know, to rural counties or formerly rural counties in order to do, um, uh, you know, in order to sort of like get in touch with, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, rural agricultural culture plus funnel cakes and rides and you know, vomiting. Um, the uh, farmers markets is is rural America figuring out what urban America wants from them and bringing it into cities. It's kind of the opposite effect, isn't it, Virginia? Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, one thing that's interesting, even at like um, what they just call fair in Bloomsburg, the I don't know, it's regional, Pennsylvania State Fair maybe, um, is, uh, is that while they presumably have come to show the biggest tomato and the biggest pumpkin and have that part of the competition, there are no vegetables for sale. Like, <laughs> um, although, like they, they, I think, have taken to deep frying some beets, but it's mostly Snickers bars deep fried. And, um, and so I'm not sure that, uh, the deep, the deep fried Snickers bar is what will finally finish off the Taliban. I just want to say <laughs> that's well, that right. And that is one of the drone drops that people are proposing in this new phase of the war. Sorry, we're talking about it. And deep fried Oreos. Deep fried Oreos. Timothy Scott, you have promised us a great, uh, state fair story. So the floor is yours. All right, Ben. Um, I actually just made that up so I could talk about the Taliban. Oh! Uh, <laughs> Touche. No, I, I don't have anything about the Taliban. I just wanted to talk about my cat. I'm getting a new cat, I think. So uh, So you, you went with the, the state fair, a great state fair story, to actually fake me out about the Taliban and then talk about something completely different? <laughs> yeah, that's Brilliant. Right. I love it. You, the floor is yours. Talk about the cat. Hopefully I'm getting a cat. I, uh, any, I mean, any particular cat or just a cat in general? 
No, a particular gray cat. Real pretty cat. I'm excited about it. Will you bring it on the show to show us? I definitely will. All right. Please do. So, um, uh, let's see. I, I just want to point out that the, um, the poll result, uh, did you grow up, which was misspelled, did you grown up going to county fairs? I was getting in touch with my inner carny. 69% um, <laughs> of you said no. So I just want to say this is like uh, like not a, you know, don't ever let it be said that in lieu of fun isn't broadening people's horizons, exposing them to new things. Um, uh, you know, um, Devin Nunez's lawyer, uh, don't loser the Greek chorus uh, for this response. This is an urban crowd. Um, this is also still like midsummer-ish. We're still not quite over, so you have homework and opportunities. Yep. Go to the state fair. You're, you're, find, just Google state fair near me Go or, or county fair near me. Uh, there, It's some fun stuff. The It's basically what the uh, modern amusement park is based on. Um, and with the exception of the wooden roller coaster, which cannot exist at the state fair and is a thing of cosmic beauty. Um, uh, it is a, I agree with Virginia, a piece of Americana that has not yet been corrupted by effective polarization. And so I think, Virginia, your assignment is to uh, go to a county fair and, and provoke partisan division at it um but you know like bring bring division of america to this the, the county fair um you know drag it them down to the level of the rest oh of us by the way, just put a link to the best one coming up in September, which I just think is incredible. So if we, if you guys need to do a live event, I will help out. Um, uh, it, I yes, for to provoke them though, I don't know if I should say um, Biden pulled out too early, or if I should like, what would my T-shirt say? It would you know, you'd walk out with a giant sign, stand in the middle of the event pavilion, and just with a giant sign that says. Are you vaccinated? <laughs> and that would, um, you I wouldn't. Think, I think more like if I started to say low-fat diets are the way to go. Exactly. Turn everyone against me. Or you had a vegan I, stall. There were people. <laughs> there were people in an who looked exactly like everyone else in an "I got the shot" T-shirt. So if that's political, they were. I'm telling you, these are no. people are wholesome and sane, and there's not going on among them. We are gonna leave it there with that uh, with that stirring. Bring <laughs> us together at the fair. It's where red and blue meet. Uh, we have no idea who our guest is gonna be tomorrow, but we are working on it. Um, Virginia Heffernan, you're a great American, a great county fair attendee, and a great avoider of the subject of the Taliban. We will bring you back soon. Uh, and we'll be back ourselves 23 hours and one minute from now. And until then, Genevieve Delaferra. 
we don't have fun anymore, but until, but we still have county fairs and all things deep fried. Indeed. Excellent.